0: Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, just like Reggie, we're disrupting the game again, baby. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with ya. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined as I am always joined by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including Reggie's new book. And then on Thursday, we are determining how to bring every Zelda game into the modern era.
1: But Mark, in the meantime, how you doing? I'm doing great. You know, one side effect, Patrick, I think of uh, the pandemic that I did not expect Mm. Is that I got so used to my hair not looking very good that like that has become my new normal. Whereas before I think there are like, and I think it's kind of a good thing for me because previously days when I would like be like, oh, I'm having a really bad hair day. Now I'm like, actually, it's not so bad. Like I can, I can live with this. Sure. Well, okay.
0: I mean, I, we, we should frame it in a different
1: way though, right?
0: <laughs> not, not that you are more content to have bad hair, but that you are uh, just more appreciative of yourself now. And you're
1: like, hey, this hair is pretty good. I'm doing okay. Sure. Yeah. I think uh, I think that is, um, I like that both things are true, but, f- but you're right. just framing it in a uh, more positive light, which
0: I don't I don't want you I don't want you saying that you've lowered your standards mm, for yourself. I no, want of you course to not. Say that you have raised the floor on how you feel about yourself.
1: That's right. I'm body positive. I love me and every every hair on my head. Got it. Diminishing I, though I it think, may be.
0: I think the listeners can hear you rolling your eyes. Mark. <laughs> no. Uh, speaking of things at which we should be rolling our eyes, The Sonic Force's borrowing program. How would you like to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces. Mark, would you uh, be surprised to learn that both Sonic Forces and Untitled Goose Game
1: have returned to me in the week that we were away? It's a, a joyful occasion every time they make the return home, but uh, I, you know, always have faith that it's going to happen. Yes, as, as do I. If
0: you would like to be Among the next people to borrow uh, buy copy of Sonic Forces, all you gotta do is email us at Society at gmail.com and give us a mailing address where I will send you my copy of Sonic Forces, or maybe a a box that says Sonic Forces on it, but inside is actually Untitled Goose Game. Uh, You get to play it for as long as you want, and then you send it back. Uh, It costs you nothing. I pay for postage both ways. Both games are back in my possession. I need to send them back out. So get your name on this list. Because uh, I've got to look, I guess i start sending emails to see if people are still interested in it. Some people have been on this list for years.
1: The other thing you can do is you can leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Um, favorite us. Leave us four star reviews if your podcast app only does four stars. Uh, it helps get the word out of the show um helps more people find the show so it's all around a positive thing if you leave us a review we'll give you a shout out on the show um we only check the us uh, apple podcast store but if you rate us anywhere send us a email send us a direct message on twitter and we'll be sure to give you a shout out thank you to everyone who has done so um is there a podcast platform
0: that uh, awards michelin stars and can we get michelin sh- stars for this show
1: Ooh, that would be so great if we were the first michelin star rated podcast
0: yeah i let's make that our goal for mm, 2022 yeah
1: oh that i like that yes that seems that feels achievable to me yeah setting goals
0: early so mm-hmm, first we mm-hmm. need to establish why a podcast would be awarded michelin stars at all and then uh, we need to be awarded them.
1: Yes, a heavy lobbying effort is going to be required, but uh, I, th- I think we're capable of doing it. Yeah, I like it.
0: All right, Mark, uh, enough screwing around. Let's get into what we've been playing this week. So, Mark, I feel like the main event here is going to be the Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, which uh, you have started playing. I have not started playing yet as I was traveling this weekend, uh, but I just wanted to check in with uh, a, a couple things uh, before we talk about Skyward Sword. Um, first being that uh, I last week mentioned that I was playing Metroid Samus Returns. I put that a little bit on pause because I was like, no, what I want to do is I want to play this in the like extra difficult mode. Um, that you need to scan in the Metroid Amiibo. Naturally, I wasn't traveling with the Metroid Amiibo. Um, and I-, I had forgotten the sort of like ins and outs of, of this thing, right? That there is a uh, the-, the normal mode that you can play from the get-go, and then there is a hard mode that you can access after you've beaten the game. Or if you scan in an Amiibo, you can play in fusion mode. And remind me what fusion
1: mode is. Mark, I'm not sure that I can. <laughs> I think...
0: I think it's just hard mode, but Samus is wearing, uh, like her outfit looks like the fusion suit, or it's just colored like the fusion suit. Okay, like it still has the you know sort of like big shoulders that, um, Samus has in that game anyway, um, and not really like the you know you know how she's got like kind of more like pointy shoulder pads, um, in, in the fusion suit. Yeah. Um, that's not not really how she appears, um, in fusion mode, but let me tell you, um. The amount of damage any enemy deals to me in fusion mode is uh, just bonkers. Just, like, off the charts. There's, you know, I'm very early in a run of it right now, um, to the point where I have, you know, one reserve uh, energy tank. Um, so it's just an energy tank. And then, you know, so it's, it's the equivalent of, like, 200 pieces of health, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there are enemies, regular enemies, crawling around on walls that one-shot me that oh, kill wow. me in one hit. Um and it is so not uh what I think like it that that is not the challenge of Samus returns that I like respond to or like like engaging with. Um so I don't know if I'm going to pursue it too much further um or just go back to the regular difficulty. Um but yeah, just wanted to report that I am attempting at least for a time Fusion mode, and it is difficult.
1: It reminds me of uh when I tried to replay Breath of the Wild on um whatever that difficulty mode is called. I'm blanking Master right mode, now. Master mode, yeah. Master mode, and like I couldn't even get off the Great Plateau. I was just like, nope, this is this is too much.
0: Um. Well, the I, the the weird thing about Breath of the Wild is, in a lot of ways, the beginning of the game is harder than any other part of the game, right? Totally. Um. So yeah, the master mode beginning is not easy. Um. The other thing I just wanted to touch on uh, briefly is that I have my Zelda and Loftwing amiibo. Um. They arrived while I was gone. Um. So it was just waiting for me on my doorstep when I returned on uh, Sunday evening. Um. And that's a big amiibo. It's big, and handsome. I like it a lot. Um. I'm looking forward to uh using it to fast travel. Um. But I, I had seen uh, in the days leading up to the release of this thing that, uh, you know, due to delays in production slash distribution, um, not everyone is getting their pre-ordered uh, Zelda and Loftwing Amiibos on time. Uh, so here's, here's a, a statement from Nintendo. Quote, the Zelda and Loftwing Amigo, Amiibo figure is currently impacted by unforeseen shipping delays. As a result, only a small portion of the Zelda and Loft Wing will be available on its scheduled July 16th launch date. Additional shipments are delayed until August. We will ship additional Amiibo to retailers as soon as they arrive. So, uh, sorry to everyone who uh, pre-ordered this thing and uh, didn't get it on time um, and have to wait a little bit longer to you know, be zipping around uh, to and from Skyloft
1: uh, with ease. Oh, so there are even, like, pre-orders that didn't get fulfilled. That's my understanding, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I, you know, uh, so I have been playing Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. This is the first time that I've played this game. I'm only about maybe two hours in, two and a half hours in. I'm in Farron Woods right now. And um, I am really, really enjoying it. So oh, great. Yeah, the um, uh, one... It's such a contrast to Breath of the Wild, which has like a very like stark presentation like uh Skyward Sword is very the beginning is like it's a, a fair amount of story, but I love being in Skyloft. Uh, do you know what it, do you know what it reminds me of for whatever reason? Hmm. I get major uh like Lord of the Rings, the Shire vibes from Skyloft, where it's like, sure. man, like I just want to spend time here like. The music is great. The environment's really pretty. Um, the world just, like, it seems like a great life being in Skyloft. And so, and I think that this is my favorite so far, like, version of, or re- the relationship between Zelda and Link. Um, I really, like, I'm really enjoying them as characters, which, again, like, is not really something that I... Looked at Breath of the Wild too, or really any of the other Z- like Zelda games, or maybe outside of Wind Waker, have I felt like there's much of you know like a connection or the yeah. there the relationship between them is fun, and uh yeah, so uh you the major- majority of that two and a half hours has been pretty much like the first half of that is in Skyloft. It took me about an hour to get off of Skyloft, and then once you're on the ground, like I'm really early into the game. And so Fee um, has, there's been a few times where she popped up where I was like, oh, that's interesting that you would choose to pop up here. Um, but it hasn't been so much that I'm like annoyed by it. It's just like notable yeah. that it happens. Uh, and then I have been playing with motion controls, which I am for the most part enjoying or at least finding fine. Like I don't really love combat in this game. I find it to be like a little too time consuming in the same way that kind of like with Samus returns a little bit where I feel like I, everything's I, it's a lot of stop and go because in order to engage in combat, you have to like really engage with it. And so I'm that part I'm not loving, but the, uh I, the motion controls I have found good, except I cannot figure out for the life of me, the motion controls when you're flying, the you're supposed to like, you be able to, Uh, ascend using it and I cannot figure it out so whenever I'm flying I flip to the regular button controls because it's like super easy to control um, your bird when using the buttons controls so anytime I have to fly switch to button controls anytime I'm doing anything else I switch to motion controls and it's worked pretty well but it's like the characters in this game are so much fun like the NPCs are so good the In, like, the marketplace on Skyloft, like, they each have such great personality and, like, distinct personality that comes through in their, like, little bit of dialogue that you have with them. I'm just, I, I've, I'm really impressed with it so far. Oh, man, I'm, that's, that's great. It has me very excited to uh,
0: come back to this game that, like, you know, I, I had only really played a, a couple of hours of it before on uh, the Wii. And, uh, like, I don't really have solid memories of it. So like, I'm, I'm, I'm coming back into it with some level of familiarity or will have some level of familiarity, but I am certain that everything is going to mostly feel new. Um, so that your description of it just now has me very excited. I like the idea of, um, the Zelda NPCs that are, uh, as interesting, but not quite as ugly as Twilight Princess. Um. Because I, I love those characters, uh, but some of the Twilight Princess designs are just, like, frankly grotesque. Yeah. And sometimes that's
1: on purpose. Um, but, yeah, it, to to engage with, like, a colorful, fun version of that uh, has me super excited. Yeah, it, you know, the character designs and, like, their expressiveness and everything were, are very Wind Waker-y to me. Um, all right, all right. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, I loved Breath of the Wild. It has it so far been very fun to go back to this other style of zelda it feels very like nostalgic even though i've never played the game but you know like who knows once i get into it maybe some of like the things that i'm not finding frustrating now will begin to like frustrate me more but so far i've just been enjoying like luxuriating in the world and really taking my yeah. time because i i just find it really fun and beautiful um
0: you know uh it, i'll have to have my own experience with the game as well of course um but many years ago, we did a, uh, we determined the best Zelda NPC of all time. And I believe we didn't have a single representative from Skyward Sword. So maybe we, I don't know that we need to revisit that entire topic, but it may be worth determining the, you know, like five best NPCs from, not to give other people ideas for podcasts <laughs> that we might do. <laughs> but the five best NPCs from Skyward Sword, like, they, they, you know, just kind of off the top of my head, there are a, a bunch of candidates for that. Um, that might be fun. So that's, that's, uh, earmark that for a future episode. Yeah,
1: for sure. For sure.
0: Um, all right. Well, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next
1: week. So today, July 20th, um, Chris Tales is released on the Switch eShop. This is like a, uh, uh, hand looks very like hand drawn, hand illustrated, uh, RPG that is supposed to be like a celebration of JRPGs of the past has kind of a Chrono Trigger vibe. It does not look; it is not like pixel art at all. It's very like illustrated, but it, yeah. um, it gives me kind of Chrono Trigger vibes in that it takes place during in the past, present, and future. But um, in the trailer, talks about it happening like simultaneously. So you see some of like the combat and stuff where it's divided into three sections and you know, one each representing each time frame it looks really cool um like visually and so that that's released today on wednesday july 22nd is pokemon unite the new pokemon uh moba game is released on switch uh before its mobile release later this year maybe even next month and then
0: um are are we are uh, well what are our expectations for pokemon unite i know neither of you neither of us are uh moba guys but like does that thing seem like it's it's poised to actually do anything or like are the MOBA and Pokemon audiences too
1: different or is it about to just envelop the world? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I feel like I'm such a terrible judge of that sort of thing. I think it, it looks to me like it could be a lot of fun. I'm kind of hoping it gets a scene around it because I think it would be fun to see competitive play of this. Yeah, totally. And then on Friday, July twenty third, another entry in my favorite type of game that I don't play but I'm so pleased exists. Truck Simulator Two is released on Switch. Um, this is a. It looks like it is not just a truck simulator. It looks like it also includes like forklift simulation within a warehouse. But it seems like there's a lot of like tight turns that you have to make as you know a giant. uh giant truck, there's one part where you're driving a like delivery truck precariously on uh wood, you know, like slabs that are separate that are placed on different shipping containers, which seems not safe. but i I feel like the like this si- the simulator uh community in general, whether it be truck simulator, farm simulator, uh driving instructor simulator. Feels like a very wholesome community to me. Like, people just really love lawn mowing simulators, and that's just their thing. And so if, if for whatever reason, they're really toxic, nobody tell me. I want to live in the world where, you know, like... We like our ignorance. Yes, where, you know, CPA Simulator 4 just has, like, the best, most supportive fan base.
0: Um... Mark, as you describe the kinds of things that you have to accomplish in Truck Simulator 2, those are like nightmares that I have. <laughs> that like, I'm, I'm in some downtown area and I have to drive a truck through like a tiny alleyway or something and there's four inches of clearance on either side. Um, I don't know why that's, that very specific dread uh, hits me uh, every night, but it does.
1: Yeah, d- completely, completely. Well, if you want to like overcome that fear in the safety of your own home, truck simulator 2 might be for you uh
0: all right mark let's close out the new releases which brings us to a regular segment on our show it is time for 433 in 1952 american composer john cage wrote a piece called 433 wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds for the purposes of this show our instruments are talking about nintendo so or the duration of one performance 433 mark and i'll talk about something not at all nintendo related thus fulfilling the contract of the piece mark today we are discussing uh the prompt if we could go back to college what would we study this was suggested by benton and brian for our 433 episode uh which was now i don't know like months and months ago thank you guys uh and we we are running out of uh four thirty-three topics. So if anyone wants to email us Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com, gmail.com to send us some topics. Um Mark,
1: what what did you study in college? What what is your what, what do you have a degree in? So I took uh, I studied uh history teaching is what I studied.
0: Yeah, and I I have uh degrees in English and music. Um so I don't know if if I could go back to college now, I don't know that I can choose like a more fun set of things to, you know, or like a more in line with like my values now, uh set of things to major in or to study. Um, but I don't know what 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 about you? Did is is there something that like you wish you had studied?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I don't know that I would ever get a degree in it, but one of the things I like, enjoyed about that time in my life was, like, yeah, you had the opportunity to, to dabble in so much stuff, right? And, like, uh, as an adult, you don't have as much time to just kind of, like, try things. Because, like, right now, like, I would love to just try taking a, like, computer animation course. I would love to try, you know, to take um, pottery or, like, something like that. And so I, I don't know that I would go back and, like, major in something, but I would definitely go back and, you know, do a bunch of electives. Just be like, yeah, like, I'm going to try my hand at this. I'm going to try my hand at that um, with the idea that it's like, yeah, I would just like to see what that is.
0: Yeah, it's tough because, like, I, I think about, uh, you know, places like skill sets that I'd like to learn, um, and very few of them seem like the kind of thing that I would major in, right? Like, there are uh i i have very i have access to very few languages in my life Uh, i speak very little broken spanish um (laughs) and i would love to be able to speak more spanish um but like would i want to be a spanish major Mm -hmm. like and i understand that's not the question the prompt is what what would you study so possibly that would just be it that i would take because in college i took a year of russian um, which. Is ridiculous. Why would I do that? It it, it doesn't make any sense. Um, I already knew a little bit of Spanish. I should have built on that knowledge (laughs) base instead of being like, "What's a weird language I can learn?" I I should have been practical about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I I don't I don't know. I I guess like in some ways, yeah, like that makes. I agree with what you're saying for sure. But I also think like it's such um, if you're, it's almost like how lucky. you like people are to be able to spend time studying you know like um like something that maybe doesn't like end up being your career but then now you just know it yeah like you're just you know like um people who have the opportunity to study music and or you know like filmmaking or french literature and french literature doesn't become their life but now they've like studied french literature like that's so cool
0: yeah, I mean that is very cool, but also if I just had like a basic understanding of economics and finance, <laughs> that, would, that would also be rad, right?
1: Yeah, I mean that's true, and also when you're like, uh, you know how expensive it is to go to college, and then be like, I'm just gonna dabble. Uh, it's it's hard it's hard to like square those two things, but I I think for me like, uh, you know, uh, um, that is what I enjoyed so much about that time in my life. And so it's like, yeah, like that is what I would want to do if I went back is I would just want to take the opportunity to like be introduced to a bunch of things that I'm curious about. Yeah. So
0: <laughs> and that that is funny that like, and you know, it, I, I, I assume that uh, in uh, going to school for teaching history, that that is a, a pretty broad curriculum, right? That like um, you, you do have access to, like, sampling sort of a lot of things, um, and just, like, you know, pedagogy classes all end up being uh, holistic in some way, right? That there's, like, some s- child psychology in there and just, you know, how, how to teach things and all that sort of stuff. Um, so I think you and I probably did a pretty good job of using college in the way that we are describing right now, and I wonder how much of that is a self-justifying <laughs> <laughs> how we spent Luckily, Luckily, this
1: podcast is not for self examination because if it was, um, we'd be in a lot of trouble.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. The only things that we examine on this show are uh, topics that we cannot discuss during this segment (laughs) at all. But of course, we'll never Uh, know for sure. We'll never know for sure. We were accompanied today by the uh, ensemble at the Musical Instrument Museum in Phoenix. All right, Mark, let's get into the news.
1: Gamescom, the largest gaming show in the world and the unofficial end to the Summer Games Fest uh, that apparently is still going on. I still ongoing. Yep. Yeah. has shared a list of participating publishers and developers and just like in 2020 Nintendo will not be in attendance at Gamescom. But here's who might have something to show us that could be Nintendo related. So scheduled to show up is 505 Games, Activision, AeroSoft, Assemble Entertainment, Astragon Entertainment, Bandai Namco Entertainment, Bethesda Softworks, Electronic Arts, uh, GameEvil Com2Us Europe. Everybody's favorite. Head up mm-hmm. Indie Arena Booth, uh, Coke Media, Next Studios, Sega Europe, Team 17, Thunderful Games, Ubisoft Wargaming, and Xbox.
0: So a lot of uh publishers and developers in attendance uh, and that's not necessarily a co- uh complete list uh gamescom is still it's the end of august i believe um so it's it's still a ways off um so there could be others uh joining that lineup um i don't know is is there anyone in there that you are particularly tuned into it's missing a lot of our like normal favorite heavy hitters, right no Capcom no square
1: yeah, yeah it doesn't seem like a ton of I guess Bandai Namco's in there, but otherwise doesn't feel like a ton of uh, like Japanese developers. I feel like 505 Games, and I'm saying this without being able to necessarily pinpoint a specific game or handful of games, but I feel like they have recently been publishing things that I am interested in and have been showing up on Switch. Um, but otherwise, I don't know. Do you think Sega... Europe, do you think we'll see anything Sonic related?
0: And Out of Sega Europe, I don't really think so. Most of, most of the Sonic, like Sonic Team is based in um, Japan, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Okay, real fast. How do we think that this is supposed to be pronounced? It is G-A-M-E-V-I-L as one mm-hmm. word. And initially I was like Game Evil, but now I'm thinking it's just Gameville. And then the second part of it is C-O-M, the number two, U-S.
0: Yeah, so that feels like it's come to us, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I, I also read G-A-M-E-V-I-L as Game Evil. Like, like Prime Evil is how I'm reading that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, um... Never I, heard of them. Don't never, know them. Yeah, I guess if anybody knows, let us know. Last week, Bloomberg ran an article claiming that the Switch OLED model cost Nintendo just $10 more to produce than the regular model. But, so, that so since it's only $10 more to produce, but they're charging $50 more for it, then Nintendo is, like, increasing their profit margin um, significantly with this new model. Of, rather than, I guess, just, like, having it cost exactly what the components cost, I don't really understand yeah, that I mean, part
0: that's, uh, i mean the the very first thing to pinpoint here is like that this logic is stupid right like the logic of this complaint that it only costs you ten dollars more to make so it should only cost ten more dollars uh i mean if they change if, if it costs the exact same amount and they still to like change their processes it means that they sunk a cost into changing their process
1: oh yeah yeah sorry i i left out that part where people were upset there were some some people who were upset my bad (laughs) that uh based on this report that like the disparity between the ten dollar uh increase in components reported ten dollars increase in components and like the fifty dollar increase in price um interestingly i i think to me like the most interesting thing out of this is that Nintendo actually released a statement specifically speaking to this report saying quote, a news report on July 15th, 2021 claimed that the profit margin of the Nintendo switch OLED model would increase compared to the Nintendo switch to ensure correct understanding among our investors and customers. We want to make clear that that claim is incorrect. We also want to clarify that we just announced uh, that Nintendo switch LED model will launch in October, 2021. And have no plans for launching any other model at this time uh yeah,
0: no it, it is very interesting that they put out a statement about this at all because like it's kind of just weird Nintendo fan grumbling, right um, but I, I wonder if just like addressing um, profit margins specifically if they were like, well, hold on, wait a minute, this has financial implications for us, and we need to like say something about it as to not uh, lead investors in One way or another,
1: yeah, that's what it feels like. It feels like it has to be like investor related somehow, because otherwise, Mm -hmm. why come out and like correct the record in in this way? And like, I feel like with them being so explicit and being like a publicly traded company, that like the amount that they can lie is really small. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, a lot of times they won't comment, or you know they'll deflect in some way. Like I feel like them saying like we have no plans for launching any other model at this time. Like I you know, you can read that a million different ways. That doesn't mean that we're never gonna have a new switch revision. Um but the first part, yeah, it feels very pointed to investors. Or I that feels like the only audience where it makes sense.
0: Yeah, totally. It is interesting though that they they only state that it, the claim is not correct. Um they don't go on to say It only costs us 11 more (laughs) dollars.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of the Switch OLED model, pre-orders became available last week on Thursday at noon Pacific time in the United States. And it's, I don't remember them doing this in the past for other stuff where they're like, uh, this date and time, you know, pre-orders will become available for this. Um, Neither you or I were able to grab one. I, you know, we've been on this podcast. I was like, I don't think I'm going to get one. But as with so many other things, the hype got me. And I was like, sh- do I, like, am I going to be missing out? Should I get one? Tried to get one, was not successful in getting a pre-order.
0: Um, what were you, Uh, were you on like right at noon trying to get it? Or uh, was it like 12.05 and you're like,
1: all right, I'll do it. <laughs> it was like, it was like 12.05. And I had seen, yeah, okay. you know, like, uh that they had popped up on Walmart and they had popped up some other places so I was like oh like I'll see if I can get it at Best Buy was not successful in getting it at Best Buy
0: Yeah I mean it it seems like the these were these did go pretty fast um but maybe not in the like you know blink and you miss it um uh it kind of like hyper limited uh supplies I also don't know like what the demand for these things truly is um at at, at this time um but yeah it doesn't seem like it was so flash in the pan um as uh you know kind of previous high scarcity items have have been
1: yeah and it, yeah totally it, it it will be it'll just be interesting to see i don't i i don't know that we'll ever like really know how i guess we will i'm sorry i keep backtracking but at first i was going to say i don't think i don't know that we'll ever know how well like the OLED model does but then i But Nintendo does break out, or at least they have historically, they have broken out, like, how each individual model performs. So I guess we actually probably will know.
0: Yeah, I mean, but I I guess the part of it that is hard to know is, uh, like, it's just going to sell every copy of it that they can make, right? So, like, uh, the numbers are going to be supply constrained and not demand constrained. Um, So we may never know what, like, the actual audience for the Switch OLED model is. just because it's going to be filled up by the people who want it and the people who want to buy it to resell it.
1: Yeah, that's true. Also, over the weekend, the Skyward Sword Joy-Cons were uh, available again, at least for a little bit, on both GameStop and Amazon. So uh, I wonder, like, were they able to ship more? Did they ask those retailers to hold some for release date? Yeah, yeah, It it it, it is... I
0: don't know if like Nintendo is uh, like doing this sort of thing consciously or if it's just like oh yeah they they were able able to make more when they realized that there was a lot of demand for because I mean honestly if you're making uh, just more Joy Cons for you know the special Skyward Sword like you just change a paint job like that's pretty straightforward right um, that uh, I, I I I like the idea that they are playing with their pre order and distribution models. Um, to get things into hands of more fans, um, because there is such a problem right now with the secondary market scalpers and stuff like that. Um, so that just dropping everything at one time um, isn't a surefire way to, you know, ensure that the most fans are going to get their hands on it.
1: Yeah, I I always wonder what companies' feelings towards like scalpers are. Because on the one hand, like right, they they're making a sale <laughs> either way. Yeah, I yeah I I'm I'm. I, you would hope i would think that the more like consumer advocate part of it is not into it but financially it doesn't really seem to make any difference other than maybe you run the risk of like frustrating fans who aren't actually like able to get a hold of it yeah um yep. for the switch led model gamestop was also taking in-store pre-orders at least for a little bit so if you are looking for one and you struck out online, maybe give them a shot. I I really have no idea what the situation is there, but um, you might be able to find a place that is doing it. I don't know. Like, you know, you have a note in here that is always pre-orders for this thing. were a mess. And it really does feel that way. It's just like, uh, the, yeah. y- it feels great if you're able to get one, but otherwise it's just kind of like a frustrating scramble.
0: Yeah. And it also like, just reflecting on it is like, oh, yeah, I don't know when or why this is ever going to change. Like, this is yeah. just where, where we are with Nintendo products and probably where we'll always be. I mean, can you imagine if this was uh, a Switch Pro? Like, if they had revealed what everyone dreamed it was going to be, uh, there's no way that they would have lasted even the five minutes that, like, y- you had given it. And uh, everyone would be
1: furious everywhere. So Yeah. Like, well, you know what's know. what's so crazy is it it uh it it is with like this with Nintendo and it does feel like it's kind of always been this way. But like it feels like everything right now is kind of yeah. like this, you know, like uh Xbox is selling every single one that they can ship. PlayStation is nowhere near meeting demand. You know, the uh, people are going crazy for graphics cards. It's just like gaming in general just feels like uh it's trying to get new hardware is really competitive
0: yeah well and also i mean you know we we are are living in a world that is just barely recovering from flash still totally embroiled in uh coronavirus pandemic um and supply lines are constrained all around in uh yeah. every industry i i, I bet that's so, what
1: happened with the skyward sword amiibo where yeah yeah it, they're just sitting on some shipping container somewhere that can't get into a port
0: yeah and, well, and i mean the uh Suez Canal only recently got cleared of that ship that was blocking it, right? Like, you know, all all these things that were like, oh, yeah, that's going to affect whatever, whatever. And then uh, it didn't get taken care of for weeks. <laughs> so, you know, I I, I don't know that we, we live in a big, complicated world um, that, you know, we thought we were shrinking with the Internet. And it's like, no, I mean, honestly, things still need to move around the world. That's still super expensive and all that. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's just where we are and it's a, a, a scary little thing to come to terms with but maybe it means that you don't get your video game as fast as you expect to
1: also the hallmark nintendo christmas ornaments went up for pre-order last week and are sold out i <laughs> uh, i would have liked the super nintendo one i thought that was really cute yeah. it like the light turned on and everything when you um you hit the little power switch so maybe you know, when we get closer to the holidays, I'll be able to find some, one somewhere. But it uh, feels like I'm probably out of luck. Pro- probably, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, this is another one where it's just like,
0: okay, yeah, you just can't get anything
1: you want. <laughs> well, maybe we'll be able to get this. Former Nintendo of America president Reggie fils is writing a book. It's coming out next year, and it's titled Disrupting the Game from the Bronx to the Top of Nintendo. <laughs> Good title, strong title. I love it. Um, here's a little bit of the blurb. It just says Gaming Legend and Boss level disruptor Reggie may retired president and chief operating officer of Nintendo of America, shares leadership lessons and inspiring stories from his unlikely rise to the top. He mastered these lessons to build a long and storied career, and you too can leverage these lessons to springboard your own ultimate success and happiness. Um, Mark, just uh, based on that little bit
0: of the blurb, how do you think this will compare to the Iwata book that you read earlier this year? Mm,
1: yeah, I'm feeling this one's going to be a little bit more irreverent, whereas the uh, Ask Iwata book was very w- reverent to the memory of Iwata. Um, you know, Reggie famously, in fact, he includes it in this blurb. I'll keep reading a little bit. Uh, although he's yeah. best known as Nintendo's iconic president. Actually, sorry, interrupt myself real fast. Patrick, I think we can count this as another entry in great moments in corporate copywriting. Um, okay, yes, so here absolutely. I go. Although he's best known as Nintendo's iconic president of the Americas, immortalized for opening Nintendo's 2004 E3 presentation with, quote, My name is Reggie. I'm about kicking ass. I'm about taking names. And we're about making games. Reggie fils story is the ultimate game plan for anyone looking to beat the odds and achieve success
0: yeah so there's a little bit of that like bravado a little bit of the um awkward machismo that reggie used to bring to uh nintendo live presentations Mm -hmm. in the blurb about the book so i can only assume that the book itself will also have similar
1: qualities yeah i it it definitely feels that way it feels like it fits the man for sure
0: (laughs) Uh, is this a book that you are interested in
1: no, <laughs> not particularly. It feels a little like self-helpy to me uh, in a way yeah, that I definitely. find a little off-putting where it's like, how to main- back to the blurb, how to maintain relentless curiosity and know when to ask questions to shatter the status quo. Just, uh, it's just a bit much for me. But actually, I say that, I am, I'm hopeful for like, I think there'll be fun anecdotes about his time at Nintendo that will definitely be worth checking out.
0: Yeah, it really is uh, fascinating, right? Because like, Awada's book is not really that much about video games, right? It is a lot about like sort of business philosophy and like creative philosophy, like how to get good creative work out of people. Um, and in some ways that also feels self-helpy, but just knowing that it's not written from that perspective, and this one, you know, whether or not it's written from that perspective or just marketed that way, um, it feels like such a distinct, like, here is a Japanese approach and here is an American approach. Yeah, <laughs> And, like, totally. I find one of those should just
1: be crass. Yeah. And uh, the other thing that's, you know, different is, like, Awada's book, th- or the Ask Iwata book, was written by somebody else. Sure. Reflecting right. on Awada's like, life, using some of his words in telling that story. But really, you know, like, uh, round of applause, copywriters, um, job well done, for sure. Yeah, very exciting language. We are nearing the release date of Neo, the world's end with you, ends with you comes out on July 27, so just next week. Pre-orders, of course, are available, and GameStop is offering a neat pre-order bonus. It's a sheet of magnets featuring two of the characters from the game and eight badges that all look like the powers you use in game.
0: Yeah. So uh, again, Mark, I, I don't really uh, I I don't, I don't remember if you played much of the original, but like these little badges that you would equip like via the the touch screen. Um, you know, are obviously like very uh, graphic and distinct uh, in the game, so that you can you know pick them out um, just by sight and know what they do. Um, and so it's kind of cool to have a digital thing turned into a a physical reality. Like I I I, I thought you know we we so see so many of these um pre order bonuses that are you know that basically but sort of nonsense. Even uh, today when I picked up my copy of Skyward Sword, it came with five um. Oh, what what are they called? They're like uh device decals or technology decals. <laughs> I think they want me to put it on my phone or something. Um but that that doesn't feel right. If they're little badges from the game, then that makes sense. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Totally. Well, pre-orders are open, but also early Saturday morning, uh the Square Enix US online store started just sending out uh digital codes to people who purchased the physical Switch version of the game. So people who were pre-ordering the physical Switch version of Neo: The World's End With You, they were like immediately getting sent a digital code that they could put into the Nintendo eShop and download the game and just play the full game. And so the game is, and eventually they got that fixed, but the game is out there. So people, so if you are trying to avoid spoilers, um, I guess just be aware that the game's been out there for like, or will be out there for like ten days before it's actually released. So, oops, oops. Um, Techland has announced Dying Light Platinum Edition for Switch coming this October for fifty bucks. It includes the game, the four DLC packs, seventeen skin packs, and support for like Switch features like HD Rumble, gyro aiming, motion controls, touch screen support, and it'll also have local and online co-op. Uh, I mentioned this one because I played through Dying Light. On the p s four with a friend and had a blast. This was a really fun, like open world co-op zombie game. Um, and I didn't touch any of the DLC or anything like that. but th- I-, I think this is pretty fun that it's coming to switch. Um do you think
0: that it's a game that you will revisit on this platform, or are you basically had your experience with it? I
1: think I've had my experience with it just because of the time that you like yeah. I h- had to put into it. But I, I, if people are like even half interested, I would encourage them to look into it because I, I really had a ton of fun with it. And finally, Among Us will be the featured game for uh, the Nintendo Switch Online subscribers game trial. So every once in a while in North America, you know, Nintendo Switch Online subscribers get this free access to a game for a specific set of time, and you have you can play. It's uh, it's the full game, not a demo. So Among Us will be free to play for Nintendo Switch Online subscribers from July twenty first to July twenty seventh. Um, which is cool. Among Us obviously doesn't really need any kind of uh, you
0: know, uh, extra eyes drawn to it. Like everyone is pr- pretty much aware um of what a success it is. But it's neat. I've never played this game before. Uh, and so maybe I'll save myself the what five bucks and play it for free. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean the what's uh, I think it's great that they're making this a free trial. I think it's it, it the game is free on mobile, and so if you want well, to check it go. out for free, you can do it at any time. But if you don't have like if you know you don't have access to a smartphone or a tablet or something, then uh, being able to check out this game that's currently in the zeitgeist for free is pretty cool. All right, Mark, let's close out the news.
0: And that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Mark, uh, I think we pause at this moment because uh, this is the last episode that we are recording before um, my predicted date of learning more about um, The Legend of Zelda 3D remasters. Uh, I I have predicted that we will learn on Thursday about other uh, Switch games um, that are remakes of uh, Zelda titles from earlier in the series. Do I still think that's still going to happen? Do you think that there's a chance that any of it still happens? How are you feeling about my predictions at this point?
1: I think Numa is a truthful man. And so I think when he told mm. us at E3 that there were no other games um, coming, that I believe him. Of course, you, uh, I support you in calling him a liar, but uh, Thank I you. believe him.
0: Well, again, I will draw you back to his language of no other new games at mm, this time. These fair. These are technically be old. totally fair uh but we will know soon enough uh whether he is a liar or i am wrong um those are the only two those are the only two options we have here um thank you so much for listening to this show please remember to rate review and follow us on apple podcasts if you like the episode please share it on facebook or twitter or wherever you share stuff we appreciate it when you do that you can follow us on twitter i'm at patrick underscore ellers mark is at mke mitchell and the show is at Nin cart society we also have a facebook Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape at betty You can get more of his music by going to ApeBetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellery saying thank you for listening.